Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Heads Talk with me, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter, the podcast where we talk to C-level executives, leaders of institutions and heads of multinationals. What are the current topics they talk? We listen. My guest today is an innovator, futurist thinker, professor of electrical engineering, and holds an executive position in a global automotive supply organization with revenues of 4.9 billion euros. We continue our new automotive series on Heads Talk today with a conversation about the merits and pitfalls of battery technology with one of the best thinkers in the business. But before we get into that, here is a brief message. This episode is sponsored by Axia. Axia is the leading private cloud platform in the Alessian and Matamos ecosystem, combining intelligent solutions with security and control. Axia's clients profit from digitalization and automation of critical business processes in a cloud and hybrid architecture. 150 staff provide migration, engineering, and support services to over 200 leading organizations in 32 countries. Heads Talk podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter. Gregors Ombach is the Executive Vice President, Head of Group Strategy and Innovation, and the Head of Battery Systems at Drexelmeyer Group. Prior to that, Greg spent some time working across the globe to include China, where he was the Vice President and General Manager of a breakthrough technology licensing business at Qualcomm. He sits on a number of boards and is a challenger of the status quo. He describes himself as a forward thinker who is passionate about managing technological innovation in cross-functional teams. With his combination of engineering and commercial expertise together with a global presence, Greg is in a strong position to drive international market success for high-tech innovations. Academically, Greg holds a PhD in electrical engineering and has been awarded a guest professorship at the Xingqian University in China. Let's hear from Greg himself about the topics in the new series of Heads Talk. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Greg to Heads Talk. Delighted to have you here today. Hi, Alain. Thank you very much for having me here today. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Um, okay, we're going to talk about the, the global shift to EVs and H2 solutions in the automotive industry. And your episode, your particular episode, will firmly concentrate on battery technology, um, the technical aspects, as well as the commercial element to it. In fact, you are the best person to talk to about this, as you have electrical engineering expertise, as well as commercial nous for the questions ahead. Let's start with the composition and management of the batteries themselves. The biggest issue with battery technology, for the layman at least, is the range, what are the new developments that could and will ease such range anxiety for consumers? Yeah, the, the range definitely is the one pain point which, which we have with electric cars, you know, because we always compare the electric cars to our normal combustion, which we are using for the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. And now if you are moving to the electric car, especially the first electric cars had some limited range. We were something like about two, three hundred kilometers range or even below it. Mm-hmm. And with this, uh, you know, we had we had the problem that uh, the customer and we I'm using also electric car every day and uh, 
if I'm taking it to the holidays, then I have to really still think about recharging and in order to gain no more rage. Now, it, this is exactly changing because uh, what is happening, uh, there are a couple of the new developments and I'm not just, uh, and if you are thinking about the battery systems, the developments which are happening on the one and are happening in the direction of the new cell chemistry. It means we are going to get the better chemistries which uh, have a more energy density. And once they have more energy density, then automatically in the same volume, we can, we can manage more range. The next developments also which are happening are on the entire battery system structure. It means we are removing more mechanical components and then we are leaving more space for putting more battery cells into the same volume. And then automatically with this, we are gaining even more range. Therefore, uh, if we think about today's car, then new electric car is going to have at least minimum range of 500 kilometers. Mm -hmm. And we already see the new cars coming in the range of eight, 900 kilometers. Therefore, range is not going to be any problem anymore in the near future. Okay, that's good. That, that's good to know as well. Um, could you tell us what is sodium ion battery technology? And and does this differ to other battery technologies? I mean, you're welcome to talk about other battery technologies that perhaps significantly differ as well. Uh, yeah, you know, if we are thinking about the battery technology, like sodium-based battery, then uh, it is somehow like between, if we are thinking about the energy density, like between the lead-based, it is the batteries which we know very well mm -hmm. from, from our cars, which we are using for the starter, and the lithium-based, which we used in our mobile phones or computers. And the sodium-based is somewhere in from the energy perspective in between. And this battery has some unique points because it's much more safer compared to lithium-based, but is much more energy-dense compared to lead-based. And there are a lot of the new developments going in that direction because this battery or this technology doesn't require any cobalt, doesn't require any copper, and doesn't require any lithium. Therefore, it's a unique from that perspective. And uh, if from, from this, what we see currently, this technology definitely in the future can be used for the cheaper uh, cars with a shorter range, or for example, for the battery storage system, which uh, requires also very safe batteries. All right, so, so this is something for, for the future. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later in the, the podcast. Um, you know, with this drive for sustainable solutions across the board, everything is scrutinized, even questioning whether a, a sustainable solution is actually produced sustainably. Battery technology doesn't escape this. Um, there, there are a lot of issues around the sustainable production and production cost of batteries themselves. Can you talk to my listeners about the improvements in this space? What is Draxamaya doing here? Uh, in general, if we are looking at the industry, the, uh, the, 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 it's not just about producing the battery, as you say, but mm -hmm. it's also about making it a sustainable way. Therefore, end-to-end -end solution, if you are talking about the entire uh, 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 value chain yes. uh, from the raw material over the cell production and going into the pe module packs and the full battery systems have to be done in a very sustainable way. And uh, now uh, 
this this and sustainability means it's not just about you know using the uh, renewable energy it also means that the raw material has to be uh, uh, taken in the proper way without for mm -hmm. example uh, uh, children work or similar therefore all of this has to be tracked and now once we are talking about increasing the battery capacity in production like for example currently uh, we are something like in europe on 60 80 gigawatt hours per a year and in 10 years we have to be on 800 therefore at least 10 times and similarly at the uh, the entire world capacity in 10 years has to be about 2.5 to 2500 gigawatt hours this means that this new supply chain has to be done in the proper way and the sustainability definitely is the is the one major aspect and uh, as from European perspective, uh, you would be not able to provide any battery systems to car manufacturers if they are not taken in the sustainable or they are not manufacturing the sustainable way. Mm -hmm. All right, so, 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 so this is really controlled then. So, okay. Definitely. Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, let's look at new developments. Um, where are we with sort of self-charging batteries and wireless charging capabilities and the commercialization of them all? Uh, the you know if you are thinking about more from the I I don't think that the wireless charging or self charging batteries uh, we are going to see very quickly into the market yeah it's uh, mo mostly what uh, what is important that the batteries as we talked at at the beginning are going to gain more range and those batteries have to be recharged very quickly and then if you are talking about recharging very quickly we are we are talking about the charging them during a couple of minutes. It means it has to be very, really, very similar to the refueling, refueling the car. This uh, what we do today. It means a couple of minutes and the battery has to be fully recharged. And here we see a lot of the improvements uh, going in direction of the high power chargings. Like we are talking about 350, 500 kilowatts peak powers. It means it gives you the chance to have an X four, 500 kilometers range during the, uh, in the charging over the 20, 25 minutes. Therefore, it's, it's, it's starting to be really very, very quick. And a wireless charging, on the other hand, is the is a charging, I would call it opportunity charging. It means if you think about the convenience, if you think about, for example, a, a home charging, mm -hmm. then you are coming home and if you have an autonomous uh, parking function, for example, the car is going to park by itself and is going to charge electrically with wireless charging functions. But here we are talking about the powers which are about 10, 11 kilowatts. Therefore, mm -hmm. you have to spend the entire night in order to charge your personal car with wireless charging. All right, so, so the priorities are range and speed of charging. And, and what I've just talked about to, in terms of self-charging batteries and wireless charging, that's kind of a nice to have that will probably be developed further down the line, I assume. Yeah? Definitely, yes. Okay, this question, this one fascinates me because uh, unless there's an adequate solution that is prepared for this, it will be a major issue in the future and across the globe. It's about the, the battery afterlife, if you like. Um, first, how long does one last? And are they recycled or, deposit, uh, or, or disposed of in, in a sustainable fashion? What work um, is being done here, especially to avoid the, the kind of waste I can imagine? Oh, Elaine, this is exactly a very important point. We talk about the sustainability and if, if mm. we think about the sustainability, also the 
second life of the battery and recycling is going to be the key. And now if we, if we think about the second life, then you could imagine that you are going to use your car for about, I don't know, something like 10, 12 uh, years, for example, or 15. And then the battery, if it's still in a good condition, because it depends who is using the car, how many charges, uh, charging sessions the car or the battery, so, and so on, uh, then uh, you are going to have a different uh, level of the, uh, uh, I would say, life for, of the particular battery. And now once the, once the car is coming back, then this is going, or this is already analyzed because all the cars are fully perfectly connected to the to the infrastructure therefore you can monitor the life of your battery even if you for example drive tesla today you can you can watch on the app what is the uh, state of health of your battery exactly the same thing like you are watching on your mobile if you are going into the battery section you can see what the level of the life of the battery is 80 percent or is 95 percent what the level you have and now if you think about the cars where the level is not going to be below 80 80 percent of the state of health then those batteries can be reused in the second life for example for the storage systems uh, on the other hand uh, also what we see what we discussed before there are a lot of the new developments happening in order to reduce for example cobalt material in the batteries now if you if you think today we are using uh, more cobalt uh, in order to produce the uh, kilowatt hour of battery compared to this what we are going to use in the future therefore maybe it's uh, instead of thinking about the second life maybe it's even better to recycle this battery these materials and to produce out of this not just one but maybe two or three batteries therefore uh, the tendency which we see because of so many new advancements that probably we are going to talk more about the recycling than second life second life definitely is a good concept but the recycling probably is even better and here we are talking about uh, we, we we should reach in the future about 98 percent of the uh, recycling uh, uh, capacity from from each battery it means we are going to recycle almost all materials which are reused in 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 battery and we can reuse them for building up the new batteries that, that's really good to hear because that was one of the things that concerned me is what how are these things going to be disposed of and and what percentage will be kept and what, what percentage will be reused and what percentage will be considered waste and I just thought this is okay it's not a problem currently uh, but probably maybe 10 years down the line it's going to be a major problem for all of us so it's nice to know that there's major thinking in that space and perhaps in giving it a sort of a second life okay let, let, let's align it, it's really very yeah yeah, just adding to this, it's really very important because if you're thinking about the recycling, we have also limited resources on the earth if you think about the cobalt or lithium or similar. Therefore, the main idea is that those materials will stay in the, in the circular economy. It means once they are in the batteries, then they will remain in batteries, not just in the one battery, but in the future as well. Therefore, there is expectation that after about 15, 20 years, we will not need any more more the new materials because we can really uh, use reuse materials which we which we have already in the system mm -hmm. yes okay that's good that's really good to hear thanks for that Greg um let's move on into sort of development and innovation on the world stage I think um the next few questions will be in that space um this one this is this is an interesting question I um 
you're probably going to tell me this is all false and not the case. Nevertheless, I'm going to ask this question. It's about production and design approaches and how a motoring organization differ to another, um, like Tesla's method um, versus others in particular. One school of thought is having a battery and then designing the product vehicle around it. And another is having an existing product or vehicle and having the batteries fit into it. Please tell my listeners about the merits of the two approaches and does one have a competitive advantage over the other? Oh, definitely. You know, it's always, you know, if you are thinking about the new vehicle, electric vehicle, it's much better to make it from ground up. It means the uh, uh, completely new approach like Tesla is doing. It means having having car designed around the battery. Now, uh, this, is, this is the best approach. Now, if you think about the uh, car manufacturers, which are already established, which are uh, doing the combustion engine cars or and they trying to move in direction of electrification, then of course the first step was uh, taking the existing uh, platform and designing the battery into this platform. Therefore, the battery was designed for the car, but not the car around the battery. And this definitely works, but this is not the most optimum uh, solution because, as we know, the battery cars have completely different characteristics and uh, require the different, uh, for example, the cooling systems that are required. Uh, also, the battery is very heavy therefore the weight of the battery has to be low in the vehicle place and so on therefore from from that perspective uh, this is what the tesla is doing it means the, taking the battery and designing a vehicle around is the best approach and now uh, if you think about the car manufacturers uh, which uh, were doing uh, in opposite way they all are moving in the direction by the new platform developments where the battery is the first and the car will be designed around therefore we are going to see the same approach for all car manufacturers in the near future. Mm -hmm. But that's the near future. And I'm sure they've got a, a major stock of cars that were designed for combustion engines, but they have to sort of use them. They have to, so that, that, that there's a cost implication if they get rid of that, isn't there? Uh, yeah, but uh, it's exactly what I am saying. You know, those are going to be used as an interim solution now for in the transition period where you are thinking about, for example, the hybrid vehicles. Mm -hmm. But if you go to the pure electric, that if you think about the Volkswagen VW like ID3 or ID4, then exactly the same like Tesla did from ground up. It means first having battery and designing the vehicle, vehicle around, and all other car manufacturers which are uh, designing the new electric vehicles are doing the similar way like Tesla did. All right, okay, so, so that's the way forward. Okay, um, let's go to um, Asia Pacific now. Um, as mentioned, you have spent some considerable time working there as the Vice President and General Manager of Qualcomm. Right now, China dominates battery production. What is Europe doing or should be doing to remain a big player in this game? Uh, yes, the, uh, Asia Asia is today dominating the uh, battery production. It means if we think about uh, Asia, the 95% uh, batteries uh, which we have today in the cars or our equipments are coming from Asia. Therefore, it's really a very dominating factor. Now, the, the, the second factor which we, which we have is, uh, of course, uh, uh, the fact that the resources for those batteries are also not quite uh, uh, popular 
similar here in in the other regions of the of the globe therefore uh, now uh, um, the question is what we can do in order to uh, somehow shift this balance mm -hmm. and of course there are many initiatives going on uh, uh, in Europe or in US in order to build up uh, those supply chain in those countries. But mm -hmm. still, uh, with all of those uh, uh, new undertaking, uh, uh, we are going to see that even in 10 years, uh, still we are going to depend very much on, on Asia. And it's not just about, you know, new technology developments, which are definitely happening in Europe, but it's also about uh, uh, the experience, you know, the, 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 main, uh, the main power, because you cannot just create during the few years so many new chemical, uh, chemical uh, engineers uh, or electrochemical engineers which can create the new batteries and so on therefore it's a huge shift uh, because during the next 10 years or so we have to increase our capacity uh, about 10 times therefore this is this is uh, really like revolution in that sector therefore uh, i think the only the way how we can succeed it globally is by collaborating and creating in parallel the new solutions which are going to help us localize the supply chain in Europe and US. All right. So, so partly what you're saying, especially on the education side, that um, it's going to take a while to create a new breed of engineers in Europe in order to, to compete at any level. Is that what you're saying? Oh, definitely. It's, if you are thinking about the, uh, uh, the new uh, supply chain, which we have to create in, in, in Europe or in, in US, we need also the new kind of the uh, engineers. And this requires uh, to building up this entire uh, 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 new engineers from ground up. And uh, what we see, what we see also today, because we don't have so much time to educate uh, mm. new engineers. We are also, uh, as uh, global companies are doing, bringing the new engineers from Asia, which have already experienced. Therefore, it's a combination of education, of uh, re-education, but also about hiring already educated and experienced engineers from Asia. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's sort of getting buy-in the established expertise rather than the time spent, you know, because at the end, at the end of the day, you're running a profitable business, so that explains a lot. Now, now let's end this episode of Heads Talk and talk about the future. Um, you alluded to it, and um, with some of the stuff we talked about in terms of wireless charging, in terms of sodium ion um, batteries, um, I would like you to take my listeners on a journey, a futuristic one, perhaps. In, in line with your own ethos and the fact that you enjoy being a, a futurist thinker. So what will tomorrow's new generation car battery look like? Excite us if you can, Greg. <laughs> Elaine, I, I'm, I'm sure the future electric car is going to be the much more greater than the best combustion engine car today. Uh, the, the saying that, uh, honestly speaking, this, this car is going to be the combination of the battery software and the fantastic designs because uh, the electric car, you know, it doesn't need so much space for, for combustion engine or all of these ancillary systems. You have, you have much more space to design the new vehicle from ground up. 
And now if you think about the battery systems, the, especially the what kind of the chemistries, there's, I'm sure in the next five years, we are going to see the solid state and solid state is completely new technology, which is very safe, uh, which has much higher energy density, which has much longer lifetime, which doesn't require so much uh, rare materials and uh, which uh, you uh, can place in the vehicle and reuse for a long time. Therefore, and also you could use it for very, very fast charging. Therefore, you have only advantages in the near future once the solid state battery will come to life. And there are a lot of researches or research going on in that direction. And we should see it very soon, first on the concepts and then on the, on the real cars. Therefore, the solid state battery will be definitely the one, one point. Another one, of course, super fast charging. It will be, it will be charging the battery during the few minutes and getting the battery fully charged. Mm -hmm. And also what we are going to see is the uh, uh, some combination probably of wireless charging as well, you know, especially if we are thinking about the autonomous, autonomous cars in combination with electric, then those autonomous cars are going to have automatic charging and the wireless charging is a great solution for those cars. And we are going to definitely see it on board as well. All right. Well, well, that's exciting me, and I hope it's exciting my listeners. Um, Greg Ombach, I enjoyed this conversation today. Many thanks for your time and insights. Elaine, thank you. Thank you so much for having me here today. And uh, I'm sure the future is electric, and uh, we are now on the electric revolution, and we have to make it together. Thanks for joining me today on this episode of Heads Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via my website, elainepringle.com forward slash Heads Talk, wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, I'd like to thank our sponsors, guests and you for helping to make the show possible. Please join me next time where I'll be featuring more executives, C-suite leaders and heads of multinationals. Heads Talk podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter.